podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's the kid Double H. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review. And we'll read it on the show. Thank you to everybody that's given us a review, by the way. Thank I li- you, man. I like reading them. So from anywhere around the world, we'll find you. And if you want to help the podcast out, it's a new month. Guys, I don't know who my one person is out there in the world, but just sign up to Patreon. Help us out. We want one new person every yes, week. Sir. That, that would be wonderful. So check us out. Somebody sent us something about Japanese imperialism that they wanted us to watch. Wow. We're going to get into that. So if you have it, please give it. Let's start the podcast. Chelsea United. Beautiful man. That's I want to I want I want to go in on that on that piece of trash. Yeah, it was it was, I have written down here just boring. So, hmm. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. There weren't any real standout players. Um As Conte always. was maybe end of the match, but I try not to say things like that cuz people think I'm biased now. <laughs> um but other than no, that, so spotch um, United weren't they weren't great, but they didn't need to be, I didn't think. Because it's Chelsea who need the three points. Uh, when you watched that, what did you think about it? What were your observations? Be um, be, be kind, but be honest. Be kind, but be honest. All right, that was a pile of trash. Um, <laughs> complete garbage. It was it was it was a garbage match. And my thing is, <clears throat> trying to rack my brainstorm just to try and think, why was it so bad? It comes to a point of how football has changed, and it may, it may be like a general point, but I think you can look at the Premier League in this. So back nine, late nineties, two thousands. Here we go. You had individuals spread out, and the manager always wasn't the main guy. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a general viewpoint, but you know, you, you, and you, if you can change the game, go ahead and change change the game. I'm gonna give you freedom to just do what you can to change the course of this game. So, you, so you, there was more chance of, of individuals perhaps doing something. Right now, with so much tactics involved. And managers evolving as well. Now managers almost becoming superstars. I think the games are very, very much tactical. And several, you see several players like slaves to, okay, what is the tactic and, and so forth. Because you look at a game here. This game is screaming for, okay, someone do something. Get the ball, take the ball and do something. But you're saying, okay, safe pass, safe pass, safe pass, cross. But beyond that, misplaced pass, mistake, misplaced pass, mistake, ball going up in the air. Safe pass, safe pass, square pass, safe pass, obvious pass. So as you're watching it, you're like, okay, like what's what what is what's this that we're seeing here? You know, there were no game changers on that pitch. This guy, as an individual in a tight game, he can do something and switch. See, it's different from when your team is playing well, you're on top, and everyone looks good. As opposed to okay, it's a, it's a tight game. Someone do something out of the ordinary. Bring something alternative and just try and just like offer a different approach that nobody else on this pitch is offering. Nobody could do that. So all you just saw were two guys cancelling themselves out mm. and didn't really have, there were no individuals that really had any imagination. The focus from is Chelsea. United, they didn't have to win. Yeah. West Ham lost. Leicester City lost. A win would be great, but a draw, that's, that's, that's pretty good. So Chelsea, you have to win because now you draw this. Liverpool won the game. If Liverpool now beat you on Thursday, Liverpool now leapfrog you. Mm-hmm. So for Chelsea, it was all down to you to figure out. It's not down to United to, to figure out how to win. It's down to you. United are going to be like, we're going to 
keep it tight to the defend, have McTominay and Fred there, and try and pick off. Because basically, United's tactic was clear. This is what I said in the preview with Red Devil is they were look, they were just defend, keep it tight, look for the long ball over the top to Rashford. Because I said to Red Devil that look, because he was like, wait, why didn't he go for Marshall as a striker and put Rashford out? What is it? I know what Ole is is thinking. Rashford is faster than Marshall. Marshall isn't fast. <laughs> so what he wants is ball over the top for him to run it's onto the that same football. tactic every time, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they almost and like it's almost. I think there was. Yeah, it a, almost a, worked. It yeah. worked. McTominay. I think he had to do better there. He had. Oh, I don't know if it was the 90th minute, but it was somewhere like late in the game. It was like it was three on four, or, or, two or, on four, or, 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 or the encounter from the free kick. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rashford and James just used their pace, got into the box, and you know they probably should have gotten something better from that. That's all these things, and I don't think that's too different from like what most other clubs do. Mm. <laughs> like everybody wants faster forward. Then I go ahead. Sorry, I cut you. For me, um, it was down to Chelsea mm-hmm. because you know this relates to the Atletico game. I was because gonna, that was that was my point. Yeah, yeah. Because my thing is Chelsea didn't outplay Atletico. And Chelsea didn't win the game based on how well they played or Tuchel's tactics. They won the game because Giroud scored an overhead kick. <laughs> so people say, oh my gosh, Chelsea, what a performance. A huge away win against Atletico. Like, no, Atletico were not playing at home. This comes from, even, even if you've played football at the lowest level or whatsoever, there's the thing I call pitch familiarity. Even if you don't have fans in a stadium, every blade of grass is different. So your brain grows accustomed to a particular pitch, more so than other pitches. It's a small advantage, but it's still an advantage. So if they played that game at Wanda, Atletico would have had a different approach. And they would have played a bit more freer if they had played that pitch, even without any fans. But playing away from home, they're like, okay, we don't know the dimensions of this stadium and this pitch as well. So this, 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 this is a, a, a way. So the smartest thing to do is we'll not feel as comfortable to really play a game offensively. Let's be, be defensive. 0-0. Zero, 1-0, zero. Zero, great, but 0-0. Zero, zero. So, so you look at that game against Atletico. Chelsea didn't perform well. Giroud just scored an, a, a great goal. And that connects to this game where Chelsea, the performance wasn't there. Because you need to be like, look, it's down to you. You first 10, 15 minutes, United did play and come at a lot more. And United definitely were United were more progressive than Atletico were. But they were not eagerly looking for the goal. Yeah. But so, so for, for Chelsea, the issue now comes back to I don't want a stat sheet of chances created and so forth. <laughs> I'm looking at the game and there isn't a player with the kind of creative ability or individual ability to change the course of a tight game. You see, this is something I think is emblematic, at least for the the last month or so, of Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea. Control of the game, possession, but no incisiveness. Mm. So if we look at his first game against Wolves, if we look at Atletico, if we look at this game... There have been moments where Chelsea have a lot of the ball. Chelsea are set up in a structure that can restrict what the opponent does because you're keeping the ball. There's five defenders on the pitch. Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic, they all have their defensive responsibilities. Because you're doing so much to consolidate the game and just bring structure to the team, I think that does take away from the kind of dynamic capabilities 
that the squad does have. Um, so it's, it puts a lot of pressure on a Mount, a Ziyech, a Werner. Um, if it's a wingback, maybe Alonzo or Hudson-Odoi. Like they have to do something individually brilliant hmm. inside of this. It's pragmatism, but not in the kind of, you know, Mar- no, no, Mourinho-Conte. It's, it's, it's like um, consolidation. Say, consolidation. Say it's like consolidation. It's it's pragmatic in the sense of like how the Dutch are pragmatic or like how Tiki Taka was pragmatic. Yeah. It's like you people hear the word pragmatism and they think, okay, like deep block defend, like that's kind of pragmatic football, right? But pragma- being pragmatic is just doing what you have to do in order to to win or not be hurt. So Tiki Taka's pragmatic solution was if we have 80% of the ball, <laughs> what are you going to do in that 20%? <laughs> like, so if we have the ball and we have control over the game, we're being pragmatic just with the ball instead of without it. I think Tuchel is kind of stuck in that right now of just having the ball, having control of the game is the win in, in and of itself, which is why against Atletico, it should have been 0-0, but... Giroud just came up with a brilliant bicycle kick, and there you go. You, you win the game. Um, in this game, there was no bicycle kick. There was no brilliant individual moment. Mm. So the consolidation and the just the pragmatic solution to playing football at the moment is leading to nil-nil and just kind of generally boring, non-aesthetically pleasing games, which if the alternative was Lampard, fine. <laughs> but it's just... This isn't Chelsea United. Like it should be more fun, but it wasn't. See, I think maybe this is like a larger discussion because I put out a tweet saying that you know how you get onto people or like, man, how can you just follow a player from club to, to club? Like that mm-hmm. is anti football. You should stick with it with a team. This is the whole <laughs> Jujuman complex or like FG complex. But my thing is that. They basically, w- everybody in your hangouts has switched clubs at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but basically, someone's response to that is, um, Not I w- is like, I want to be happy. Like, yeah. a player really changes his character or his approach to, to the game. Mm-hmm. But a team I supported in 97 is would totally be different in, 20, in 2017. So, like, during like, my angry review of this game, I was like, why did I actually begin to support Chelsea in the first place? It wasn't because, oh, I like the color blue. Well, I, I do like Hollywood, but it's because, oh, that, that, that's a nice jersey. Oh, I love London. Oh, I love West London. It's because of Zola. And he was fun. Yeah, because like Zola's like, oh, I love I loved the way the guy plays. Like, why was I into Orlando Magic? Not because, hey, Florida is cool. Oh, I like their thing. I like their emblem. <laughs> like, no, my favorite emblem is the Charlotte Hornets. That's my favorite emblem. I was like, no, because I liked Penny Hardaway. So I'm looking at Chelsea and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that, what, what I just saw. <laughs> You know, because I'm like, I need an individual that has some imagination. You can't just give me, hey, team, go team. What? You know, if you followed Zola from Chelsea to his next club, he went to, I believe, Cagliari. Oh, yeah, Cagliari, yeah. I don't think they'd have accepted you. <laughs> but. Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. So, then again, I'm not sure Chelsea accepts you. So, <laughs> goddamn. Listen. <laughs> I don't think that this current situation accepts me if you go via column.keith and so forth. So, um, All right. Liverpool got back to winning ways. They beat mm. Sheffield by a couple goals. Um, you know, I saw that Curtis Jones dedicated his goal to Allison because he lost his father. So oh, yeah. Liverpool, man, they're going through some weird things with 
Klopp, not weird, but just life situations where, yeah, you know, Klopp losing his mother, not being able to go to the funeral. The goalkeeper is obviously dealing with stuff. People are like, why Why is Allison doing this? Why is Allison doing that? Maybe his head isn't in the right space if, you know, your father's sick or there's things going on at home that, you know, you can't deal with. Well, no, no, no. He, that, he died that you swimming like in, 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 in a lake. Was it? It was like a tragic death. Yeah, it was a it was a tragic thing. It wasn't ah, like, see, a, I, no, I, it was like it just boom, it just happened. Ah, so it's swimming see, in I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know how he passed. I just know that he passed. So I was thinking maybe you know old age or something like that. But shit. Yeah, that's yeah, so it's so, so, so it's even tougher. Just an odd, peculiar season, I guess, would be the correct phrasing for that one. Um, all right, was that a beast mode game? No. Two goals and an assist, not beast mode. It's like Gareth has won the beast mode costume. But, it, but he's not really turned into a beast mode. So, put it this way. You know, like, how Clark Kent turns into Superman? Vaguely, yes. Basically, he's still... <laughs> he, it's basically, he's, he's got the Superman outfits, but he's still wearing the glasses. Whereas that beast mode is, you know, you've taken off the glasses, you've done your hair, and you're fully Superman. But he's, like, he's worn the outfits, but he's still wearing the glasses. So, he's, like, half Gareth, half beast mode. Okay, just Superman question, just quickly. Mm. Does Clark Kent need to wear glasses, or is he wearing them to fool people? <laughs> He's wearing them to fool people. <laughs> no, so like if he if he takes off the glasses, he doesn't have blurry vision. It's just there as oh, a no, disguise. Oh no, no, yeah, no, it's 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 it's, it's, it's the disguise because okay, like, so he oh. so he he doesn't just click his fingers and turn into Superman. He's always Superman, but he's just oh yeah, he's character. always Superman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, because basically it's, it's like that's part of his whole disguise. I don't know. He wears glasses. It's a bit like you know awkward. Nerdy. Yeah, yeah, nerdy and all kind of stuff. Yeah, it's part of his whole game. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. all right. So I didn't. Oh, watch... no, and, and also again, quick, quick, quick point. Uh. You're from Krypton, but you're Caucasian. <laughs> Separate. Because I said okay. So wait. So this is a different place, but you're fully white and Caucasian. But there you go. Okay. No. Have they ever gone to Krypton? Are there like different races of people? Or is it just like a, a planet full of white people Bro, that have I'm these going superpowers? via the film and the comics. I think they're mostly all white. <laughs> In the film, there were all white people there. So, All right. I didn't watch this game, but I did see that Leicester scored first. So I was like, oh, no. Arsenal are in trouble again. And then, boom, boom, boom. Arsenal scored three. They win the game 3-1. Um, do you have any observations about Arsenal, Leicester, what what do you think Leicester's top four chances are? Because we thought they would do it last season. And then in the last 10, 15 games of the season, they fell away. Um, do you see something similar happening again? I would want to think that this team is psychologically better placed to sort of maintain top four. But, the, but I just look at the team and I'm like, how, how are you here in the first place? Like oh, apart no, from... no, 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 come on, man. They have like a really no, no, good oh... goal scorer in Vardy, one of the better in central Didi. midfielders in Ndidi, decent playmakers in Tillemans and um, Madison. Madison. Harvey Barnes has been pretty good this season. Harvey Barnes? Really? If people are shouting Mason Mount's name, give Harvey Barnes some credit as well. I'm not like... shouting his name. I'm not shouting Mount's name. So... <laughs> I, I didn't say you. I said people. Every time I, I see them, again, apart from the obvious ones, I'm like, man, this play isn't very good. This play isn't very good. And this guy can hardly control a ball. This guy takes 20 seconds to, to just trap a, a, a ball. I'm like, damn, how did you get these guys playing so well? Schmeichel when... is obviously like top 10, 8 goalkeepers in the league. So yeah, that no, no, helps. But... But I think there are teams that have, I would expect, more quality players around. 
than Leicester City do. So for me, you know, there are good players they have, but I think that Rodgers has done an amazing job. Mm. And I think that if you just look at the quality of squads, so forth, are Leicester City top four? No. No. So I hear you. I hear you. So yeah, no, no, no. I mean, for, for me, um, bro, I have no idea. They, they could, the way that they lost that game, I'm like, they could just very easily just be a team that starts really well and just tapers away. Which is which is what Liverpool did in that um, thirteen fourteen season. So, mm, I wonder. Do you think maybe that's Rodgers? Is his team start very well, or they get into a particular point and then something happens with him? Something that happens with their training, where they're training too hard, or just the but, style of play that just see, it takes the toll say. on the bodies. He doesn't it's, rotate his squad enough. You see, this is what I say. Down. I say that once is oh flash in the pan. Two is a coincidence. Three is a pattern. So if it happens again this season, then it's definitely something. So as of right now, we have a coincidence of that time with <laughs> Liverpool and last season with Leicester City. So. But if it, can't, if it happens back to back, then all right. Arsenal, though, credit to them. You would suspect, ah, oh, here we go again. But mm. they showed something to come back. I mean, obviously, they're still 10th. So I don't know what this win exactly means. But, you know, credit to them. Lastly, in England... We have Manchester City. Uh, we can't beat this guy. <laughs> City, man. I, is it 20 wins in a row in all competitions or something wild? I think like, it's, it's 18. Can you not draw? You can't lose? Like, nah, we win in everything. So they beat West Ham 2-1, an expected win. What do you think clicked? The defense has definitely helped a lot. I think because I was watching um, ESPN MC this morning and they said the number of goals he has scored is I think the lowest I think ever in the leagues that he's been in terms of just goal scored from game to game. So I think that maybe Pep reviewed last season and said, you know, we're still going to maintain a thing of keeping tactical passing, moving the ball around, you know, aggressive with the passing, creative with the passing. But I think that we need to sort of be a bit more responsible defensively. That's one thing. Ilkay Gunagan has been huge. Him coming in and just completely taking things to the next level has meant that they've not even been too reliant on having to get a De Bruyne. Sterling struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season and then when City were not really doing too well they were like okay man as soon as Sterling has not been able to now score goals be influential boom Sterling is very important for this team and I think that Sterling has to go down as perhaps one of Pep's greatest ever pet projects. What player has improved that much under Pep? question i don't i don't don't think there is one like that is where it is a clear evidence of a coach's influence because i know what this guy was (laughs) at liverpool and i know what this guy is now and it's a totally different player i just think at the beginning of the season there was just like the (laughs) i don't know maybe like a lack of confidence perhaps after what happened in the champions league So, (laughs) so 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 now that he's kind of forgotten or that's far far away enough to where it's like water under the bridge here we go. Why was this guy arrested? <laughs> so basically, um, there's a thing called Barca Gate. I, I understand Watergate was like the original gate, but I hate that everything has a gate after it. Come up with a different name, okay? So there's like Pizza Gate, Spy Gate, Watergate, Daniel Gate, Have Hope Gate. Stop with the gates. Not everything is a gate. This was to do with um, 
a um, company hired by Barcelona and Bartomeu. That's where apparently, um, hey, that's a key thing that we're linked with a um, smear campaign (laughs) against current players, (laughs) former former players and former individuals linked into Barcelona to sort of like change the narrative to to Bartomeu in the wake of, you know, high wages, high salaries and, you know, Barca sort of being in debt. So from Bartomeu's point of view, like they cut ties with this company. And say, okay, no, 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 look, man, it's, it's, it's not about us and so forth. So their argument is they acted independently. So I3 is the name of the company that these guys hired and they pretty much were sort of involved in just in this smear allegedly? campaign. Or is this like facts? Let's just say allegedly for now, <laughs> just just to be safe. Um, because again, they say, so Barca strongly denied the allegation and rescinded their contracts ah, with okay. I3 Ventures, the company behind the social media accounts. Aha. So I3, I think are perhaps the company responsible for the social media accounts gotcha. and perhaps they then sort of launched this campaign to sort of um smear them here's my thing i hire a company i hired you that's the first thing you have a job description i would assume that this job description doesn't include a smear campaign <laughs> so a smear campaign is see you can view this in two ways of a smear campaign that it's that either defends Bartomeu or goes against De- Bartomeu that defends Bartomeu, you just say, hey, we need to protect our, protect our boss and make our boss look good. So we're not going to take a massive leap beyond our job dis- description we're to do this smear campaign. We're going to take the initiative. Yeah, the, the, the initiative. But what <laughs> I personally believe, and which doesn't support Bartomeu, is why would you do that if it's not part of a job description? The only way you would do that is if you were told to by your boss. Mm. But told to in a way where your boss, nothing can be traced back to him. So he can easily <laughs> deny things. So Plausible it's sort of, deniability. Yes, basically, it's my word against your word. And what does that remind us of? Messi and Bartomeu. Remember when Messi said that Bartomeu gave me his word that I could come out of my contract. Mm-hmm. And Bartomeu said, oh, no, 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 you were mistaken. And Messi claims that Bartomeu pretty much lied and went back on his word. And we had the whole thing go like, well, Messi, you may be right, but you have, this is why people have contracts. You don't go to a court of law and say, well, he said so. Uh, do you have evidence? No, but he said so. All right, get out of my court now. Leave. <laughs> get out of my court. <laughs> so um, the issue now is if, let's say, I3. You would need a paper trail we... of him actually saying, all right, let's do this. Let's do that. Mm. or somebody saying that he said to do it like you would need actual evidence but they would they arrest him if they didn't have i guess probable cause so yeah so like there must be some evidence yeah so there must be some evidence but now it's like okay okay, there's enough for an arrest there's enough here for an arrest it doesn't mean that you're guilty but there's enough to at least bring you in for questioning yeah like so hope Maybe they don't have like the smoking gun necessarily, but maybe, the, but 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 maybe there's enough circumstantial evidence to where let's bring him in and question him, and if he decides to respond to our questions, maybe he'll slip up and admit that he did something that was illegal. So maybe the arrest is more like a scare tactic than an actual like you're going to jail. Maybe maybe that's it. But okay, wait, let's just be clear so so people sort of understand this now. So. Okay. It has been one year since it was alleged that Barcelona, under Bartomeu at the time, 
paid a third-party third company to smear former players, current players, and, presi and presidential candidates on social media. Now, see, so, the presidential candidate is kind of interesting mm. because the, the only the president <laughs> would need to smear other presidential candidates <laughs> or or his administration. I get it. Oh my gosh, this makes so. Oh my gosh, this now makes this makes sense. Yes, <laughs> we're trying to piece this shit together. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, because <laughs> I'm just remembering when all this stuff happened, because 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 I have Insta, was on Instagram and so forth. Where all this stuff about you know messy, look at how much it ends and all this kind of stuff, just to make them look look bad. This is a third party company, so this ha company has nothing to do with Barcelona. Right. I thought I thought this company was sort of a company that works with the players and it's part of Barcelona that works with to, to help to no, sort of like ba Barcelona your, would your have PFA. outsourced them specifically to do a particular thing. That's the thing. Yeah. So why did you hire this third party company? So if I three say we were hired by Barcelona and thingy it's like why did he hire them so even if you deny it why would a third-party company just randomly say hey let's start to smear people let's just, <laughs> like maybe because again the key thing in court is motive the key thing yeah. in, in court is motive so what would be the motive for i3 ventures to independently smear ambassadors where's the motive what what if it comes out that they're like madrid fans <laughs> oh, there, we, there we go then that's a nice twist that's a nice twist. <laughs> and no, no, no. We were only doing it because, like, uh, we don't like the Catalan government. Just, I don't know. But, no, nah, it doesn't make sense other than Barcelona. So, okay, okay, so, so, so an external audit by PricewaterhouseCoopers later cleared the Catalan club of any wrongdoing. And also found that Barcelona did not pay an inflated price for a number of services with I3, absolving the club of any corruption on a financial level. However... Police continue to look into the case, having opened their own investigation last year. So, see, see my thing is that innocence until proven guilty. Because we live in a cancel culture world of guilty until proven even more guilty. <laughs> so, so we need to get back to the good old innocence until proven guilty. It's like, look, I kind of like guilty until proven innocent. I think that's more interesting. But I understand no, the legal ramifications of that are not cool. No, look, let's but he deserves his day in court and for and for, for his side to be ahead. They beat Sevilla. Dembele scored. I saw Messi got a goal. So did you, did you see what the guy tried to do with to, to, to Messi? Where a guy tried to grab him. So basically, a guy tried to foul him and he he even couldn't he couldn't even foul him. So he tried to basically like grab him by both hands and everything, but he he couldn't do so. He couldn't get him. Low center of gravity, man. Atletico Madrid, they won. Uh, they beat Villarreal, two zero. We delayed the podcast because we were curious what would happen with the Madrid score. Vinicius scored quite late on, so we wanted to make sure that we knew what was going to happen in that game. So they drew with Sociedad, Real Madrid won one. I'll, I'll assume the reaction that you just did is fresh in your head. So what were your comments regarding Real Madrid against Sociedad? Vinicius, he makes mistakes. He can be frustrating and so forth. Dude scores a lot of important goals. So you say to yourselves that, is this a guy you want to completely disregard? Or is this a guy that you need to keep and help? But here's Real Madrid's dilemma. Zidane is great with ready-made players. He's not a coach. But as we cause, but as, as we talked about Pep Guardiola, he isn't a great coach. He can't improve a player. He can't take a young player, clean him up and improve him. And Vinicius is a player that is desperately in need of a coach. Yeah. Because, you see, 
you know how we talk, talked about like a game changer for Chelsea against um, United? Vinicius is the kind of guy where, okay, I'm going to try and do something. I may lose the ball, it may go off, but I'm going to try something because I my psychology is to try and change the course of the game. I'm not going to look for the pass, the easy square pass, the, the, the obvious ball. I'm going to try and do something. So if this guy just improves his game and so forth, you have a world-class player <laughs> because he has the psychology. He's already shown that he can score key goals, big goals, and do stuff in key games and so forth. But he just needs to just improve his football fundamentals. You know, decision-making, touch, balance, and so forth, concentration, and then boom. Look, they didn't have Benzema. They didn't have Ramos. They didn't have Hazard. Missing a, missing some key key players. There, there was, there was a, a Spanish fruit seller called Hugo Duro. That was, that was in that team. That's deep, bro. That's deep. Hugo Duro. That's his name. That, that's his name. He's, 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 so he's, his he's a name fruit seller. Duro in Spanish is hard. So his name is Hugh Hard. <laughs> do, 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 and then, do you know why? Do you know why that's funny? As, as again, ESPN FC. Um, what's what's his name? The Italian guy. Uh Gab Marcotti. Marcotti. Yeah. He got because Gab Marcotti said, that, you know, like remember to have guys like Ugo Duro who sounds like um he should be walking in an adult film. <laughs> I like, guess I get that no, it's because Duro means hard. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Ugo Duro. You <laughs> <Hugh> hard. <laughs> but yeah, okay. no, that's I know that's that's messed up. How can a guy like that be starting for real? That's that's messed up. That's Their messed bench up. in the Champions League. I saw. Oh man, I'm yelling into the mic. I'm sorry. I saw a bunch of like thirties. No, no, no. Relax. I I got you, man. I got you. I'll read out the names, man. I got you, man. Let's let's. let's no, let's, it, let's... it wasn't. It wasn't the names. It was their squad numbers. I've <laughs> never seen like 31, 32, 33, 34, 37, 39, like those numbers from Madrid. Let's read the names. Those are like Italian numbers. So not Madrid numbers. Real's bench against Atalanta. <laughs> Andre Lunin, Mariano. Okay, Diego Altuve, number twenty six. <laughs> Sergio Arribas, number 30. Antonio Blanco Conde, number 31. Victor Chost, number 32. Hugo Duro, number 34. Miguel Gutierrez Ortega, number 35. Like 31, 32. Yeah, why are they all say 31, 31, 30, 31? Because 32, like, I, think, I think in Spain, their squad number, they, they go through like 1 through 23, 1 through 24. You know, so if you go, mm. if you look at the Barca squad, there's nobody with a 30 or a 40. They're all single digits, teens, uh, or 20s. So I guess if you need to get somebody from the U squad quickly, <laughs> you give them the next in the line. So that's 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. So I'm, I, I just, you don't see that with clubs like Madrid or Barca with people in the 30s and 40s and stuff like that. Mm. So, yeah, it was just very odd. The names themselves, you know, whatever. Ooh, that that they got a result <laughs> against Atalanta. <laughs> Ten men Atalanta, albeit. But, you know, credit to them still. Um, all right. Roma Milan. I want to talk about Tamori quickly. And obviously this is maybe something for the complicated Chelsea show a little bit more. But they benched Romagnelli. If I'm Rom- Romagnoli. Romagnoli. Ah, Romagnoli. Romagnoli. <laughs> Man, you are shit with this Italian. I hate it. Italian. Like French, I can pronounce the French names, but everything in Italian, it's I like, don't know. He said like, like, Caglari. <laughs> I don't know where the uh, where the intonation is in the names. 
So it could be short vowel, long vowel. I don't know where to put it. But they, they benched Homeboy and they put in Tamori. Mm. So, and Tamori had a really good game. Um, and it just makes you think about so Chelsea put a buy, an option to buy in the contract for like 30 mil. Milan's going to take that, I think, if they have the cash. If only just to flip him for more money later down the line. So, <sighs> well done, Frank. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Frank Homeboy is what you call him. <laughs> Frank Homeboy. Frank Homeboy. <laughs> Francis. I thought it was Francis Lampard. No, but it's not, it's it's Frank was Francis Lampard. when he was being tried for Chelsea. Now it's Frank Homeboy. Inter beat Genoa. Lukaku with a goal early on. Is it? No, no, no. Uh, okay, let, and, let's and, get and to and the assist, real stuff. An assist to Darmian that was really good. Is it top five or top three? Yes or no? Top five or top three? Currently. Strikers in the world. Yeah. I think we'd have to give Lewandowski number one. I could put him above Haaland if I felt like it, which I don't. He's top four. I'd, g- I'd give him top four. Uh, I'll give him top four. So if you're saying um, Lewandowski, Haaland. Benzema, if fit. I always have him in my top three. But right now, because Benzema's not playing, and he's top three. But really, he's top four. Where's 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 he at for you? You can make an argument for currently. You can make an argument for top three, top five for for sure. You can argue top three currently. You can make an argument. What I have written down here, Verona, Verona, Juventus, one one. I think it's over, man. Daniel, why would I bet against a team that have won something nine times in a row? Please tell me. Okay, don't even use football. Just in general, there's this thing. <laughs> And hey, and, on this and, football podcast, don't use football. Yeah, yeah no, don't use football. Don't use football. <laughs> no, 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 look, look, we'll we be saying it on this lovely thing. X has won this nine times in a row. <laughs> hey, why don't you bet on Y? Now, here's the thing though there may be great odds on Y because the odds on X would be shorter based on nine times in a row. But wouldn't that be a complete moron? To for some reason, hey, I think Y is going to win this time when this has done this nine times consecutively. <laughs> do you know how it's okay? You know, no, no, the, no, no, but do you know how it's okay. One or flashes by two coincidences, three a pattern. This is nine. pattern 5.0. Nine <laughs> okay, but couldn't the argument be made that winning something in like okay, if, if you flip a coin. Mm. And you want heads or tails, and you get heads nine times in a row. Mm-hmm. The likelihood is the tenth time that you're not going to get heads again. You're going to get tails. No. 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 Do you know why I say no? Nine times in a row, both of those um, sides are head. Both both of those sides are head. Nine times in a row. Come on, bro. I'm I'm saying that the the every year Juventus win it, the likelihood is the next year they won't win it. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's how the problem. That's that must be how statistics work. That once you get to like three, four, five times in a row, the likelihood is six, seven, eight, nine. That has to be far more difficult because you're you're saying okay, they're gonna do it again and again and again. Like surely you you're gonna mess up. It's like if Steph Curry makes a hundred free throws in a row, the likelihood is going based on the percentages. The one hundred and one. Right. <laughs> he's probably more likely to miss it than make it. Okay, so let's let's try and break this. So, 2014-2015 season, Juve eighty-seven points, Roma seventy points. So just keep this in mind, yeah. And let's not act like last season they killed Inter. They won by a My, point. Keep keep a record of this. Like, yeah, if you have a pen and paper, just keep a, a record of this. So fourteen fifteen season, 
Juve 87, Roma 70. The first title was 2012, by the way. But, no, but I mean, Google, I mean, Google only goes back to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm using Google, man. What, what do you think? Um, I thought you were big. Um, 15, 6, 6, 16. Juve 91, Napoli 82. 16, 17. Juve 91, Roma 87. 17, 18. Juve 95, Napoli 91. 18, 19. Juve 90, Napoli 79. 1920, aha, Juve 83, Inter 82. Okay, so it's gone from 14, 15 was 17 points. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, need to, you need to come up to the mic, man. I can hardly hear you. Oh, sorry. I was looking down at my paper instead of being <laughs> in the mic. I was just in my math. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did, did I subtract 87 yeah, okay, from yeah, 70? So start, start again, start again. Okay, so 2014-15, they won by 17 points. <laughs> uh, the 16th season, they won by 9 points. 17th season, 4, 18, 4. 18-19 season, they won by 11 and then mm. last season was obviously one point. So my thinking is, if you win, a, if this is your ninth time winning a league in a row, and you win the league by one point, the likelihood for me is probably that you don't win. Although I wouldn't bet my money on it. If I bet my money, it would feel better to put it on 10 times in a row because that makes the most sense. But I wonder if statistically, we're at a point where it kind of does make sense to where something has to change. You can't keep doing this, can you? It's like, uh, you know, when, when Leon won the league seven times in a row. Mm. The eighth time, you would have said, nah, of course they're going to win it eight times in a row. But it's eight. That's a lot. So I feel like we're probably at that point where, yeah, it does need to change. And maybe they'll lose this one, then they'll spend a bunch of money, and then they'll win, you know, 12 or the 13 or 14 or the 15. But we're probably at a point where it's like, yeah, something has to... You can't keep doing this unless you're in Bundesliga. I think Bayern could get like 12 or 13. <laughs> they keep buying everywhere. They buy uh, Pumacano. They, you know, they, they buy everywhere. Um, it, it's the arrogance that Juventus had, I think. And if, if, if we could say this, Cristiano can't bail you out every day or every game. Like he's an incredible goal scorer. The, yeah. he's, he's, he scored against Verona, but... The, the days of Cristiano getting you like two goals every game or something like like I don't think there's so Patrick, much pressure on this guy to you know. score the goals to win them games. It's not realistic as a 35, 36 year old dude. Like what? No, like he needs more help. And in terms of just the goal scoring facet of, of things, and it doesn't seem to exist at the moment. So, I mean, Marata, really? Dybala should be, but I don't know where he is. Um, so... Yeah, it's tough. Like, I look at Ronaldo, I'm like, damn, like, he's doing what he can, but it's not enough. So, all right. PSG beat Dijon. See, French names. I can pronounce them, man. <laughs> <laughs> but the Italian ones, I'm like, Cagliari? Cal- Calgary? <laughs> see, I want... Jesus. See, to me, it looks like Calgary, like where Jesus was crucified, but just with a G. Dijon, because it's like mustard. Yeah, Mbappe scored... I want to talk actually, about... Yeah, the table is actually looking pretty crazy, though. Yeah, Lille are on top. I wanted to talk about Moise Keane, though. What do you think his ceiling is? Isn't, no, isn't it Ken? Ken, Keane. I'm not quite sure. I've heard it pronounced in different ways. Yeah, I think it might be Moise Ken. So, yeah, so, so Lille, 59. PSG, 57. Lyon, 56. Monaco, 55. Moise Keane, Moise Ken. Um, what are your thoughts? What do you think his ceiling is? Because I remember he was at Juve. Yeah. And he was winning all of the, you know, youngest, well, first player from the 2000s to score this, youngest player to score here, all that kind of stuff. Then he mm. went to Everton. 
You remember what Everton did, where they brought his mom, they gave her a jersey, they were like, we're going to keep care of your boy, and then was it Duncan Ferguson who yeah, put yeah, him yeah. on for like two seconds? Mm. So he's like, nah, I got to go. So he goes to PSG, and I think he's having a pretty decent season, scoring Very in Champions season. League, I think... scoring in the league. So what, what do you think he can do? I would like to see him play for Ivory Coast, by the way, but... I think mm. it's probably he's probably already played for Italy too many times. But I think basically, like, what's it called? Um, I bet you PSG fans are probably happier with him than their Icardi. He's sitting hard to say, I, "I need to see more. I need, I need, I need to see more." But I think I do see um, a pretty good finisher. I don't see the same kind of talent I saw with Balotelli. Like Balotelli's like, "Oh no, no, this guy's like different." But yeah. are you comparing them because they're black and Italian rather than like? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because no, no, because 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 right. my thing is that it's you can't go with another comparison because it's like how many it's the Italy thing. How many we know Italy with their racism and so forth and everything. How many black Italians have there been, if any? The only one, the only one I remember before about Balotelli was Leverani, who used to play for Fiorentina, and, and I think he might be even like been like um, mixed race with Balotelli. Like it was huge because I thought, man, you're 2012, man. Uh, it's, it's Italy's like main play going to be like a black striker, so he gassed us, man. With the with the was it the England game? No, Germany. Germany, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> oh man, that was that was crazy. He Those two goals us. were mad, man. We thought this was going to be the next guy, man. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> nope. no. I, I think on my skin, I just think you know. You see, for me, I don't think he can be the kind of striker Holland is. No, I think Holland no. will be the better striker than he's. Him. He's more prolific. You know, who Holland? Yeah, yeah. I, I th- but again, but, the league you play in—if you put Keane in a Dortmund team—I mm. think I don't think he's like forty-four goals in forty-four games or whatever it is. But he's probably mm. like, you know a solid twenty-five in forty. You know, because I think he ha- he's in double digits in league. Uh, I know that already. Mm. And he scored at least three or four goals in Champions League, so he's probably somewhere around. 15 20 goals in the season i'm not sure what he's done in the in the domestic cups for for psg but yeah he's got to be at least one and two and to yeah, do that no, no, no. And, and also he's a, as i said like he's a good footballer and he's yeah. on loan you he's know so he's still i don't know where i'm gonna be all right i have champions league written down here do you want to just single out a couple games from the champions league that happened last week um Oh, no, 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 no. So, to put I, I saw you had a like a. I tried to listen to it. I couldn't. I apologize. It was like a forty-minute debate on whether it was a foul, a red card. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, okay. Wait. Have you? Okay, maybe let me bring up the image. <laughs> let me bring up the image. Wait. Um, can that defender reach Mendy in time? It's the right decision. Oh no, no, no! no. I think it is the right decision. Let me see. People just hate Zidane. People just hate Real Madrid. So people want a reason to say that Perez paid the referee. But if you put your bias and your hatred for Zidane aside, this was a red card. What has Zidane done to be hated? I just think that the three seals robbed people the wrong way. <laughs> like, no, really what did he do to you? No, 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 he didn't no, rub it, it, it in anybody's, anybody's face. Like. You know, it, it rubbed people the wrong way. But no, like you, we can clearly see on this image that the referee has a very good view of what's happening. Mm-hmm. The linesman is obviously somewhere beyond uh, where Real Madrid's, I don't know, 
right back or right winger is. So, look, it's a foul. He came from behind. It's a red card. The Atalanta defender can't get there before he shoots. Mm-mm. If he does, he's like supersonic speed, which doesn't exist. So he's going to shoot and or square it to the guy up there for a tap-in. So it's a goal-scoring opportunity. You took him out. It's a foul. Because it's a foul, it's a red card. What's the debate for 50 minutes? No, but honestly, there is an argument for it not to be. Because you can just say that he isn't the last defender. Now look, I didn't want it to be a red card. Mm. I think when it happened, I was like, I wish referees just took uh, into account the game a bit more. Mm. Like, I would have liked him to make the wrong decision and give him a yellow card just to save the tie. Mm. Because once you give Real Madrid 10 men, I assume, or Atalanta 10 men, I assume mm. Real Madrid would take advantage of it and the game would be, you know, 3, 4, whatever. Just so happened that didn't happen, you know. Mendy with a great goal to close the game, but just don't ruin games, referees. So that's that was your standout moment. The forfeit rule needs to become active. Oh, Bayern, Lazio. It needs to become active. It needs to be active. It's like Lazio. Thanks, but I think we've seen enough. Now, okay, this is. Do you see? Are you kind of seeing my point that I brought up last week? That teams in the Champions League aren't really here to defend you like that. So, again, I pointed to Mourinho. I pointed to Simeone. Simeone proved me correct with what they did against Chelsea. They just packed it in. But Lazio, you would think, oh, this is an Italian club. They're going to come here and they're going to try to defend. If you look at the, the highlights, I didn't watch the game, but I looked at the highlights. The goals that Bayern was scoring, it's not like they had to do some fancy, intricate breakdown play. It was like four on, four on twos, three on fours. Like It was just like, oh, where's the defense? And that's kind of why the Champions League is fun to watch because they're generally open mm. unless you just have people who are, in quotes, anti-football who just, no, like, you're, break us down. We're putting 12 people behind the ball. It's not even legal, but we'll do it. So, yeah, that's that's that was my howling point from last week. I was I was glad that Bayern or Lazio, it's kind of proved me right because I was like, you know what? If Lazio defend, people might get at me. <laughs> but no, it was an open game. And like you say, you play Wild Wild West football, the team with the better footballers is probably going to win. And I think your point was true. What else, what else happened? City? City won. Yeah, fourth um, as well for Manchester Park. City looking good, but that's the tougher test lie ahead. Yes, yes. Tougher test lie ahead for Man City. Oh, I was going to ask you this when we talked about Do you think City's better defensive record or just more resolute defense yes it's helping them in england but do you think that will help them in europe get to a place that they haven't been meaning a final man city's biggest enemy is pep best weapon but also yeah. their worst yeah the best like weapon the but also their worst, worst enemy. enemy yeah pep is like bro just let your team play don't over overthink anything so, but Pep, I just think he has a tendency to be like, nah, I'm going to do this because this and that and boom. And just self-destruct tactically. So, <laughs> because my thing is, like, look, City, of course they, they're going to win it. He had no business man marking MSN, bro. No bro, business. What were you doing? He, why did he play a back three against Leon? <laughs> this guy. Why? Like, for what reason? Kevin De Bruyne as the striker. Yeah, as I like, for what reason? Like, there was Just no like reason. Just like the the tactical mishaps that Pep has done in the Champions League are just funny, man. 
<laughs> no, because sometimes, and that's the thing, I think sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. It's almost similar to the whole Bayern thing. Keep it simple, the, man. There was no reason for you to play Lamb in DM, but I can't do what Heinkes did, so I'm going to now do my own thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, it, this works. But the team weren't supposed to win a treble before he got there, so it was like, oh, this is awkward. We already won a treble, so why do we need you? <laughs> so... You say City are favourites, but I thought they were favourites last season as well. And I thought they were like definitely... Who are the Champions League favourites? Is it City? To be honest, I have no idea. Because I I believe Bayern will be taken out. I dare Bayern Munich to pimp slap their way to... If they do that, then Europe needs to be inducted. I dare Bayern to bitch slap teams like they did last season on their way to another CL. So Bayern are going to get beaten, probably in the semi or or a final. Yeah, I don't know if there's a clear favourite. No, there is. I there think is that, that's favorite. kind of parody with like the top teams. No, like, because I, I think especially things teams. have changed. Like you feared Barcelona. Yeah. Javi, you're like, okay, please let's not get these freaking dudes, man. Cristiano time, you feared Real Madrid. Like, okay, man, eh, it's going to be a tricky one having to face these guys. Like, that's dire off 15, 16, 17, 18. You don't want to face Real Madrid, really. Like back in the 2000s, 90s, you don't want to face AC Milan. You know, you don't want to face Ace Milan. Let's take some questions. <laughs> black emoji. Hakim Ziyech, question mark. And then he has the Black Panther gift <laughs> of uh, <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. Is, oh, this, yeah, your yeah, king? is this your king? <laughs> <laughs> so, what's up with Ziyech, man? I think faster league. Things happening lots quicker. Quick. He's not being able to match up to, to the speed, man. He's like a yard too slow to everything. And I just um, think it's, it's, it'll, it'll take time to acclimatize. Shakan three um, says, "Which is the worst run club in in the world? Uh, Newcastle. Actually, that's a bit harsh. Barcelona. There must be worse run clubs, like ones that are in like bankruptcy, and you know they're going into foreclosures. I think Barcelona almost ban- bankrupt. All they so. have to do is get rid of Messi, and then they have three hundred million that they can spend. So." <laughs> Messi's holding them back, but he's keeping them afloat at the same time. Um, no, nah, but I'm thinking, you know, like uh, last season, was it like Bury or some club like that that they they go they, the club dissolved hmm. or like they like clubs like that? I'm thinking like those are worst clubs, worst run clubs. If you if he means like the top flight or just like the best clubs in Europe, then probably it'd be Barcelona. But obviously, there are clubs all around the world that are like you know dissolving as we speak. So, um, is the FA refusing to charge Luke Shaw and Solskjaer confirmation that the referee did what Maguire said? Um, Who said that? Uh, Jacks three six five. I think this is in relation to yeah, the yeah, yeah. Hudson Adoy would be handball. By the way, something interesting Solskjaer did. I don't know if you saw this video. But they wanted. They were talking to. They were asking him something um, about the Europa League. This isn't in regards to the question because I don't really have a good beat on what Maguire said or didn't say. Um, but uh, a reporter he asked Solskjaer about um, a particular player. The reporter called him Shola Shore Tire. He anglicized his last name, and Ollie was like, "Well, I think he would appreciate you pronouncing his surname correctly. I know it's difficult." But it's Shoretire, not Shore Tire. Wow. You know. So Ali like checked him publicly for that. Why? When was this? 
uh, in the Europa League game that they played on Thursday against Sociedad because he gave him, I think he's 16 or 17, gave him his mm-hmm. debut. Um, so I thought that was really cool from, yeah. from Solskjaer yeah. to actually, like, check somebody. like. And I'm sure because all these I, – I looked at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer here, and I just pr- went with Solskjaer because I was like, what if I mispronounce because I'm, like, in the <laughs> – I'm in a headspace of, like, I mispronounce a words today. Yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. shorten it. But I could just imagine people mispronouncing his name and he not liking that. So now he's in a position to check somebody for mm. even maybe going like a step even further, like Anglis Shore Tire instead of Shore Retire. Like that's a difference. Jesus and it it does look like Shore Tire, <laughs> like to 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 the uneducated. But when I saw Shola, I was like, okay, so that's a Nigerian name, surely. Speaking of Nigeria, what do you think about this? from Damian Perez, the if only Nigeria team. Mm. So so for people who can't see it, which is everybody, um, he has Nigeria in a 4-4-2. The two center backs are Balogun Tomori. Tomori obviously plays for, for England. Alaba at left back, who plays for Austria. Moses at right back, who's Ni- plays for Nigeria. And Didi also plays for Nigeria. Ross Barkley, mm. I don't know how realistic that one is, but you know, plays for England. Uh, Chukweze obviously plays for Nigeria. Saka, Abraham, they play for England. Uh, and Iannaccio also plays for Nigeria. So basically you're adding Alaba to Mori, Barkley, Saka, and Abraham. You see, I think Nigeria probably has enough talent in their team to be good anyway. I think people like the idea, and even me to an extent, Mm. We just like the idea of don't play for the colonizer. <laughs> but I think if Nigeria's squad or team was managed correctly, they have enough talent to be to be a problem to anybody. So adding would be no, like no, no. that. To, to, to be honest, diaspora Sakaba. talent is cool, but no, 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 no. Let's. I'll I'll keep it a stack. Nigeria's talent talents pool right now it ain't great. There's some good players there. It ain't great. Saka, that's a huge miss, man. Like oh, every time I see Saka, Saka sure. I'm like, no, that's a that's a quality. You player, see, man. I, okay, of of these, Abraham, I'm not sure how great an improvement that would be because, I mean, I don't see Osiman in this team, so yeah. I don't even know if he'd play or start like that. Although he has a better chance playing for Nigeria than he does England, so I don't, I, why they do that, I don't know. But Barkley, I'm not sure how realistic that ever was. I'm not sure how how much he would feel Nigeria in in that yeah, way. Yeah, no, no, no. Saka again, that's a miss. That's mm. a miss. Alaba's another one where yeah. I'm pretty sure if they recruited him hard enough, they would have he would have done it. Tomori, I think he was born in Canada, grew up in England. I don't know if he really ever had a chance to be recruited by Nigeria before but, but either, great, either great Canada addition, or England got into his head. And I feel the same, you know, about Ghana, where people talk about, you know, Hudson Odoi, man, he should have played for Ghana. Like, you have to think, by the time he's on Ghana's radar, he's probably already not poisoned, but affected by, Mm. I want to play for England and all that kind of stuff. So, um, there was another picture um, that he sent us. Ah, he also said, imagine players play for their country uh, they're from. DR Congo win, like, every AFCON. So this is like an if only DR Congo team with Mandanda in goal, Matuidi left back, Mbemba and Twanzebi, the center back partnership, Wambasaka at right back, and Zanzi as the DM, Indombele Tillemans as the two central midfielders, 
um, in Kunu as kind of a, the number 10. And uh, Bakambu, who's formerly of Villarreal, I think, who now plays in uh, China. And Romelu Lukaku. Wow. As a striker, you can also add uh, my boy Mishi in the team. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, um, that, that's some talent. And then, you know, Balassi would be in that team. Um, wait, so, 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 so are these guys all DR Congo or the other? Because no, they are two Congos. Oh, no, this is DR Congo. This is the big Congo. Like, okay. this is uh, Congo Kinshasa, not Brazzaville. Mm. <laughs> There's no excuse for them not to be good <laughs> at everything. They're so big. There's so many people. Imagine a team with. Lukaku in Dombele, Wambisaka, Mandanda as the goalkeeper. He, no, you no, don't no, even play for France, bro. Team. They play Loris ahead of you. Like, why? Okay, how many appearances do you think Mandanda has for France? I'm going to say he has like at least 30. 34. 34 appearances. On the bench, he's been on the bench probably 200 times. And I think, wasn't he born in? He might have been born in Congo. Yeah, he was born in Kinshasa. Zaire. Wasn't even Congo. All right. Yeah, man. It's always fun to think about that kind of stuff. And I do have a slight issue with, uh, you know, if if you're going to play for anybody, just don't play for Belgium, Tillemans, <laughs> Lukaku, uh, Bashuai. Come on, guys. Like, you know, Do your Googles. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Daniel think strikers from Gowan 69 aren't judged by assists when a big part of the claim Drogba has to bring a top 10 Premier League strike of all time is that he had over 50 of them. I don't think strikers are judged on assists. I think they're judged on goals. I think the players who are judged on assists are playmakers. I'm not saying you can't add assists into your formula if you feel like doing that, but I don't think it's some weighty factor that should decide whether or not Drogba is better than XYZ striker you want to you want to put like let's talk about the goals let's talk about the systems that they played in let's talk about their technical ability let's talk about how they played in a two-man system a one-man a lone striker system like let's do that but strikers ultimately are always going to be judged by the goals that they score I wouldn't judge Mezzo Ozil based on the goals he scored if I wanted a statistic to judge Ozil or De Bruyne or something like that I'm picking Assists are even a funny thing to look at because you could pass it. Mess, uh, somebody assisted Diego Maradona for the 86 World Cup goal, right? Mm. I don't know who passed it to him, but perhaps somebody did. He got an assist for that, <laughs> but Maradona just decided to dribble through the whole team. So, like, what did he really do? <laughs> but somebody got an assist, or in theory, there, there was an assist for that. Now, when Messi scored against, was it Getafe? Like 2008, whenever that would have been. Somebody got an assist for that. What did they really do? So assists are a bit of a tricky statistic. Not every assist is really like yeah. an assist. It's not like, you know, Pirlo to Grosso yeah. or something like that, which is like, right, oh my right, God, right, like right, how right. did you see that through ball? In the... it's, it's, it's like having a square pass to someone and the guy dribbles past five guys. How do I how, how do I take, take that assist? I just right, pass and we've had that, that conversation on the podcast before, but... If I'm going, if I'm going to use assist to judge anybody, I'll do it for playmakers. Um, but if your job is to score goals, like a striker's is, then I'm not really f- concerned with how many assists you get. Like, no. how many times do you put the ball in the back of the net? Because that's why that's why you're paid. Although Drogba having 50 assists, I will use that <laughs> if the chips are down. <laughs> you know, Drogba has 50 assists, right? Um, for the Champions League. Where teams can't travel to each other's grounds, should away goals rules still count? 
And should other arrangements be made, like playing both legs on neutral grounds? It feels unfair to home to lose home advantage without making it without making it up somehow for teams like Atletico, Leipzig, etc. Yeah, I think this Champions League and Europa League campaign is a complete sham. Like it's a fraudulent on just about every level. Like you can't have. I think who did Arsenal play in the Europa League? Benfica. They played a home game in Italy. Arsenal did, or Benfica did, and then Arsenal played a home game in Greece. So you have teams that play in Portugal and England playing home games in Italy and Greece, and the away goals rules counts equally. Like that's nonsense. Like who are you trying to fool? Nah, you keep, stop trying to do that. Like you wait for trying to pull a fast one here. How can Chelsea play? an away game against a team who plays in Madrid in Bucharest. That's Romania. Like, you I don't know what teams are in Romania, so forgive me, all of our listeners that are Romanian. I don't know what's going on there. Yes, Sto, Sto Bu- Bu- Bucharest is one of them. Stoia Bucharest. Okay, I remember. Um, <laughs> do they have a Champions League? They might, you know. <laughs> they might. They might, you know. They might. <laughs> Back in the days, you know, the Eastern European teams were out there winning, but nah, I think it's it's trash. I think mo- the I think Atletico should protest. I'm not go. We're not going to Stanford Bridge. You're gonna have to find a new venue. I don't I think don't should, I, I, I don't I don't think Sociedad should have been able to play at Old Trafford. I think they should have said, "Nah, we 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 want a neutral venue." Manchester United scored away goals against a Spanish team at Juventus Stadium. Am I dumb? Whoever wins this one has a bigger asterisk than the last one. Because at least the last one, everybody got their home leg. They got their away leg. And then they went to a neutral place in Lisbon. And everybody just played their games. Or I think that wasn't the... I think Europa was in Germany somewhere or wherever it was. Um, This one, the way that they're just trying to piece everything together, make some Frankenstein tournament, like, I don't know. I can't agree with that, man. I mean, no, no, look, as I said again, look, I mean, it's... For 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 United and Charles is like I mean, it's just the whole COVID thing. Like we are happy to come to your place, but your country has just denied us entry because of COVID. Was so but like it's, the it's British government has so so failed in their response with it that it makes sense that we don't want our citizens going to a place where no, 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 COVID but, hasn't been taken that seriously. But still, though, that's still the teams are saying we are happy to come, but you're denying us entry. Whatever our government has done, that's on them. But you were denying us entry to come to your stadium to come and play. So it's not on us. It's on you and your government. <laughs> it's down to you to be like, hey, the, the first thing is you both play new, on neutral grounds. So, <sighs> But yeah, I think away goal rules should be scrapped for this for this season. Just to make it fair, but they're, they're not going to do that. They're just going to try to Jedi mind trick us. Hey, it's an away goal. Like, Oh, it's an away goal. Like, No, it's not. Like, I'm not stupid. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Talking Tactics, Instagram, Talking Tactics, SoundCloud, at Talking Tactics. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to become a Patreon, it's a new month. You have access to all the podcasts that we did. Check us out. Have hope. Where can people find you? On the internet. What's the yeah, website man. again? Have hope. Have footballhotman.com. Man. Hit me up, baby. Hit me up, baby. It's a good website. You guys should check it out. It has fancy font. Oh, thank you. This is the Talking Tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football, man. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace, 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 man. Sports Social Podcast Network.